Taken this rare human birth like a miser, I've not served my Lord. I have no love for you, Radha and Krishna. Of course, these great devotees, out of their very, very deep humility, they are feeling like this. The more we love Krishna, the more we love God, the more the Lord reveals the supreme beauty and supreme sweetness of his nature. And in comparison to the ocean of the glorious qualities of Bhagwan, we feel that our love is not even a part of a drop. In comparison to the greatness of Krishna, how small we are, how small is the extent of our love. And this feeling of longing for a deeper and deeper and deeper love is the ecstasy of the soul. <clears throat> and Narottam Das Thakur is here exhibiting the highest platform of love and separation. At the same time, he is writing this beautiful poem as a lesson to all of us. <clears throat> this human form of life is so rare. It is said that out of the 8,400,000 species of life, how very, very, very special and rare it is to take this human form of life. The Brahma Sutra explains Atato Brahma Jigyasa. Now that we have taken this human birth, it is the time for self-realization. Narottam Das Thakur is saying, although I've taken this rare human birth, like a miser I've not served my Lord. And Vedanta Sutra says, 
that now that you have taken this human birth, you only have one business, self-realization. Eating, sleeping, mating, and defending is available for the lower species. We should not endeavor so hard for these things. We must do the needful. But time is so precious. From the time we are born in this world, our life is ticking away. If we look at the second hand of a clock, we will find that at every second we are becoming that much closer to inevitable death. When we're young, we never think we're going to grow old. We think that youth is forever. Let us just play forever. To become like our parents or our grandparents is such an intangible idea that we cannot imagine it possible. But soon we become our grandparents and we look back and we think, where has my life gone? What have I done? I'm youthful at heart, but my body is coming closer to death. So what do we do with our precious time? This is the first and most important question for every human being. How we utilize each second. It is explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam by Lord Kapila Dev, the son of Devahuti and Karadama Muni. Karamana deva netrena samena cha. This means <clears throat> that according to one's previous karma or actions, one takes birth in the womb of a specific species of life. Birth in this material world, it is not a very glamorous thing at all. The mother is in tremendous pain, probably the most pain she's ever experienced in her entire life. And practically every mother, while she's having a child, she vows, I'll never go through this again. Of course, she forgets after some time. But it's very painful. <clears throat> and the child, we have not seen any children coming out laughing. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Mataji. It was a very safe landing. <laughs> but they cry. They just come out crying. Ah, it's pain painful for the child, painful for the mother. It's probably the most painful for the father. He's sitting waiting. Will it be dead? Will it be alive? Will it be healthy? Will it be deformed? Will it be this? Will it be that? In America, when it's the tradition that fathers, everybody in the family gives the father so many of the, you know what is a cigar? You know cigar? It's big brown cigarettes, like this. 
and they smoke them just to forget the anxieties while their wife is having babies. Very painful for everyone. And when the child is born, we go, happy birthday. He's going, ah, and the mother's, ah, and the father's, ah. <laughs> but after a few years, we forget how painful that birthday was, so then we celebrate it. <laughs> Actually, it's a great illusion. We, d we never want to do it again, but we celebrate it. <laughs> Usually you celebrate something that you want to do again. The purpose of this human form of life is to never take birth again. The animals are taking birth again and again and again. Janma mrityu jarabhyadi dukkha doshanu darshanam But, if someone takes seriously the great benediction, the great fortune of this human birth, then that birth and that life is worth celebrating. The greatest fortune in all of creation is to turn to God in this human form of life. And the greatest tragedy is to miss that opportunity. If someone becomes rich, billionaire, famous, lives a long, healthy life of 125 years, has so many friends, has children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. And if that person leaves his life without understanding God, according to the Garga Samhita, Yova etad aksharangarvi avaritlashma praitishakripana. This means the person is most miserly, unfortunate, and has died like the cats and dogs without understanding the purpose of this human gift, Krishna consciousness. And this is the greatest lack, the greatest shortage in this world. There's no shortage of medical facilities, there's no shortage of food, there's no shortage of clothing, there's a shortage of compassion, of love. That's the only shortage in this world. If people learned how to love, learned how to be compassionate toward other living beings in God's service, then they would create the spiritual world on this earth. Our Guru Maharaj Srila Prabhupada, when there was a great flood in Bengal, he ordered his disciples 
that there should not be within a hundred square miles anywhere of where you are there should not be one hungry man and people were homeless they had no food they had no place to stay and devotees were cooking thousands of liters of prasad every day and going on boats to where the people were standing in the water with no place to go, nothing to eat. There were tens and thousands. This is one person who loves God. If there's no love of God, I know in my own country of America, there's so many welfare agencies conducted by the government, conducted by so many um, philanthropic groups. But most of them are more interested in their own business life. There's a little bit of compassion, but mostly it's just another business. For every dollar that goes to charity, only six cents go to the people and the other 94 cents go to the organization for payrolls and everything else. And plus, with tax deduction, you actually make money. This is not helping the world. The only thing that will help the world is when people learn how to love. When you love God, you'll love God in every living being. And that is the great need. And that is the purpose and the singular purpose of this human form of life. According to all Shastra, of all religions, according to all the great Acharyas and Gurus and Sadhus, this is the singular exclusive purpose of this human life. Prema Pumartha Mahan to learn how to love God and to share that love with everyone you come in contact with throughout your life. So this is a beautiful song by Narottam Das Thakur and this is also if a devotee celebrates birthdays. It is for this reason. The birthday of a devotee is a glorious occasion because that person is utilizing his human birth for the purpose of helping others to live happy peaceful lives in union with God. And he is utilizing this most precious gift. From the physical point of view birth is nothing but pain. Huh? You come out with all kinds of terrible things all over you. Huh? It's not a nice thing. But from the spiritual point of view, human birth, how wonderful. What a gift of God. We're expecting gifts on our birthday. But the birth you have taken is the ultimate gift given by God himself, your Supreme Father. 
we should be grateful. If your father gives you a gift and you misuse it, or you lose it, or you throw it away, that is offensive. It's showing ungratefulness to your father's love. Huh? This human life is the ultimate gift of God. And it's meant to be utilized for its purpose. And how we can show our gratitude and our love for God by utilizing this precious gift to reciprocate our love with Him. And these divine devotional qualities, they are easily awakened within our hearts through two processes. Through hearing, chanting, and rendering service. When we hear and chant the glories of the Lord, we become filled with God's love. And when we serve the Lord and serve our brothers and sisters, we express that love. And as we express, that love grows. So let us utilize this rare human birth for this purpose. And then our life will be a great celebration. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare. I do not know what else to say. Thank you very much. <laughs> great pride and joy when we see a devotee humbly endeavoring to set a good example for others. Udayananda Prabhu is very much dedicated in this way. We have much inspiration we can gain from each other. One of the very wonderful and rare qualities is for a grihasta to really deeply from his heart appreciate and take inspiration from those in the renounced order of life. <coughs> because the tendency of grihasta life is to try to protect one's position, not wanting to be less than somebody else. And therefore, to minimize those in the renounced order of life as being doing less than we are doing. That they are escaping the practical responsibilities of this world. But we, Grihastas, we are really taking up the real mission of Bhagavad Gita, like Arjuna, and we are
taking the responsibilities of family occupation. And those who are not, who are a little more weak-hearted than us, let them take to the renouncement of life. What we find in the scriptures, Maharaj Yudhisthira, Maharaj Dasarat, how they worship the lotus feet of the brahmacharis, the sannyasis. And because they were like this, they were equal to or better than the brahmacharis or sannyasis. <coughs> and this is one of the very precious examples that I feel that Fridayananda is giving to our congregation. Is how he really, really loves our brahmacharis. <laughs> he really loves them and he really feels himself to be less than them. How much, so many times he has told me how much they're giving up and sacrificing their lives and how little we are doing in comparison to our Guru's mission. So this is a very wonderful gift that we could all learn from. And we find in the scripture that it is this quality that very much makes those in the Brihasta ashram dear to Lord Krishna and worshipable. <coughs> course, people say you should not flatter devotees because they will become proud. And that is true. Therefore, we do not flatter devotees. But we do honestly express our feelings of love by being honest and truthful in such a way that that devotee actually becomes more humble by hearing those things. <laughs> if we're thinking that our praise is going to, that person is going to think, yes, I am very good, better we don't say anything. But if we feel that our words are going to make them think, my God, how unqualified I am to hear these things, and actually they become more humble. But it should come from the heart. Flattery means that we want to get something from someone, therefore we say what we don't really mean. But in Krishna consciousness, when we really and truly <coughs> speak from our heart about the glories of a devotee, it is an expression of our love. We're not trying to get anything from that person. We simply want to share our heart's feelings that devotee and with others around. And if it is done in that way, then that devotee will become more humble. He will not become proud. <coughs> so therefore, I do not mind saying nice things today. <laughs> <laughs> so many... Dhananda is a very wealthy man, as you all know. And he has a tremendous amount of distinction within this country, him and his family. And 
So many times we go to these programs where there are very wealthy people who are thinking that they are very prestigious and oftentimes socially they are all trying to kind of display some high position within their life. And they come to our programs and then Hridayananda, whose, fa whose family is probably ten steps higher than any of them, he comes in carrying the harmonium. <laughs> <laughs> and then setting up the sound system. <laughs> the, thing that most, the things that most rich people would just pay some, some sudra to do these works. <laughs> and in this way they see, yes. <laughs> There is someone we cannot compete with, and he's just a humble servant of the devotees. This is a very great example. But he's not doing it to show off. He's doing it because he honestly just wants to serve. Of course, just like Srila Prabhupada, he explained to us how his father was such a great devotee of the Lord and how he learned so much about Krishna consciousness from his father. But when he met his eternal spiritual master, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, then it was the culmination of what his father was giving him in his life. In the same way, or in a similar way, I cannot say in the same way, but in a similar way, <coughs> Maitali, Mataji, Hridayananda, they're coming from a very devout family. Arvind Mahatmao is a very good devotee of all sadhus, and very, very strict in his sadhana and in his devotion to the mission of Guru. So that training <coughs> is something very priceless. And when coming in contact with Srila Prabhupada's movement and the culmination of that realization <coughs> is coming into the life of these very fortunate devotees. have a generous heart and a Krishna conscious with Krishna conscious vision is the most needed quality amongst all devotees. Whatever we have we should be willing to share but not foolishly with Krishna conscious vision. <coughs> Practically everyone in our congregation, anything they need, the first person they think of is Sri Dayananda. <laughs> because they know he has a very generous heart and a nice Krishna conscious mission. So our very humble prayer to Radha Gopinath, Srila Prabhupada this evening is that our Sri Dayananda may increase more and more in his devotion 
to the brahmacharis <laughs> and to all the devotees in the congregation and to assist this mission in more and more wonderful ways and most of all to have deeper and deeper realizations of Krishna and Guru's mercy in his life. As far as Vishaka Mataji, she's very enthusiastic always to be with Krishna <laughs> in all circumstances. And anybody that comes from New Vrindavan, I'm speaking very seriously, anyone that comes from New Vrindavan, when they go back to New Vrindavan, one of the lasting effects of their trip to Bombay is the enthusiasm of Mother Vishaka. I remember when Barsana Maharaj was here, he, he said, this little girl, she just, she's just so anxious for Krishna. And Nityodita Swami, all these great sannyasis are very much impressed by her enthusiasm for Krishna. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati used to say that the price of Krishna consciousness is the enthusiasm for Krishna. So my prayer to the Lord is that your enthusiasm for Krishna ever grows more and more and more. And of course, enthusiasm to serve Krishna's devotees greatest service to Krishna. So, <coughs> we should all offer our prayers and our blessings. Actually, we have no blessings, but we can pray for the blessings of the previous acharyas to always be upon brothers and God sisters. And when an opportunity like this evening comes, we should focus those blessings on our beloved friends, God brothers, God sisters. And programs like this tonight <coughs> actually very valuable because they help us to unify all of our hearts in showing love for one another, which is the greatest, one of the greatest needs in the Hare Krishna movement. Throughout the world in the Hare Krishna movement, many, many devotees become discouraged because everyone's trying to love Krishna so much that they don't care about each other. And many people have left this movement because of that impersonal tendency. We're preaching the most highly personal philosophy, the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that personalism must reach in every level, in every direction in our life. 
How we treat the devotees is how we treat Krishna. If we're dealing with the devotees in an impersonal way, even if we're worshipping the personal deity of the Lord, we're actually dealing with him impersonally. speaking today, the congregational chanting of the holy names of the Lord really becomes attractive to Krishna when the devotees are unified with love as they are chanting together. Wrong tendency that devotees are performing great tapasya austerities, that they are constantly hearing a very, very transcendental philosophy that this world is illusory, that we're not these bodies, that the tendency is very much to just not care about each other, to be too busy for each other. Huh? I have so much service that I don't have time for my, my godbrother's having some problems and he needs to be preached to. Hopefully someone else will do it because I don't have time, I have so much service to do. <coughs> My god brother or god sister is sick and needs somebody to, and is mentally in a very depressed state. I don't have time, I have too much service to render. But somebody else, somebody else will take care. And if nobody else takes care, Krishna will take care. <laughs> this is very much the tendency. Most devotees that leave this movement, the Hare Krishna movement, leave because they did not feel love from the other devotees. Everyone is too busy for them. That is a fact. And therefore, without that support, they're not able to control their senses. So, we should take every opportunity we can to learn how to share our love for one another and to learn how to share our appreciation for one another. <coughs> we don't want to flatter each other, but it is our duty to express our appreciation for one another. That is something completely different. Srila Prabhupada, if you read his letters, there are five volumes of his letters. In all of his letters, practically, sometimes he would chastise his devotees. But most of the time, he was simply expressing his appreciation, his indebtedness for whatever his devotees were doing. Even a small thing, he would appreciate and glorify it so much. Huh? The Acharya, by his example, establishes the standard. How much Srila Prabhupada appreciated? I remember when in my own spiritual life, <coughs> whatever little it is, in 1971, 
I was living in Vrindavan and I was very much liking Vrindavan and about Prabhupada came to Vrindavan during that time with about 25 devotees 20-25 devotees and they were all they wanted me to be Prabhupada's personal servant and they were telling me that living in Vrindavan is Maya and that I was they were saying all um, adjectives about how I was potentially a good devotee but I was in Maya because I was attached to Vrindavan and in this way the way I, s although what they were speaking was the truth, I can say it today, what they were speaking was the truth, the way they were speaking it sounded to me to be so ritualistic. They were just repeating the words of scriptures, but they didn't really understand what they were saying. This is the way I heard it. They weren't speaking from their hearts, they were just speaking from the books. And of course the books Rupa Goswami advises living in Vrindavan. <laughs> so therefore, I was not very impressed by what they were saying. And I was thinking, these devotees, I don't want to associate with them anymore. And then one day, Srila Prabhupada just walked right up to me. And he asked, you are living in Vrindavan? Yes. How long have you been? Six months. Oh, very nice. You are very fortunate. This is a very good thing. Vrindavan is a, he was appreciating what I was doing. And the fact that such a great devotee like this appreciated what I was doing, I felt, now I'm ready to leave if you tell me to leave. Srila <laughs> <laughs> Prabhupada taught us how to appreciate whatever spiritual quality is in another and to express that appreciation. And of course, he very much wanted us to live amongst ourselves in the same spirit. We appreciate our spiritual master, but we don't express our appreciation for his devotees. Then our so-called appreciation for our guru is empty. It has a form, but no substance. We want our mission here in India to be to be real, not superficial. We don't want it to have a form but no substance. We want to glorify our Guru. And one of the most dear ways of glorifying the Guru is for all God brothers, God sisters, to appreciate and love one another and to express it. In other words, to be the humble servant of the servant of the servant. That should be our, asp our supreme most aspiration in life.
somebody else like to say something? <laughs> Last thing before you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm telling you. So you're ready to go to sleep now? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dainandi, you're ready to go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Huh? You're not ready to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs>